0: Passionate DJ podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. All
1: right, guys, welcome to Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm of course your host, David Michael. I'm sitting here with Trip Turlington and t <laughs> Tdzy.
2: <laughs> uh, you can go. I'm just Sorry. <laughs> I like it. Let's roll with it.
1: (laughs) And uh, what I'd like to talk about, guys, is all this noise that I'm seeing fly past my feed about banning laptops and and controllers in DJ booths. This is something that um, everybody's talking about, but I actually have not read these articles yet. Right. Um, And so I want to do that now on you know kind of quote unquote live on the show sure um and we can just kind of gauge each other's reactions here as we're reading it um so i've asked trip to pull up one of the articles uh what what's our source uh
0: looks like i've got one from magnetic mag okay cool uh so i'm not going to read the whole thing but uh just to get the conversation started it looks like cure in the cause a venue on the outskirts of los angeles and glendale just issued a new rule no more laptops in the dj booth Some of you may remember our PSA about what it looks like to be using a controller in the DJ booth, but now the people over at Cure and the Cause have taken it a step further. Kenny Summit, who owns the venue and is a well-respected DJ, posted a message to Facebook that broke the news. No more laptops in the DJ booth, unless you're using it to control vinyl to do a turntabless type of set a la jeff <laughs> jazzy jeff type shit or if you're doing a live thing where you're actually programming shit on the fly keep your controller in your crib don't come to work with training wheels uh learn the tools of the trade already pioneer isn't going to go anywhere anytime soon they are the industry standard so brush up on how to use the cdjs already get record Brocks and in parentheses he puts it's free and buy a good USB stick for forty dollars that will store thousands of hours of music on it. We open this place to showcase talent, so show us your talent. So, so let's, this is let's one, jump
1: in here. Yeah. This is one, just one venue. One venue, as okay. far as, like that's what all the hubbub is about. i i i I've, I guess that's my first question: is why, why his sense everybody, of the
2: word DJ is narrow. That's that's well, opinion. agree, yeah, and yeah. and also like, why
1: why is everybody all up in arms about this one dude in his one club? Like, this has sparked a national, international conversation. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere, and I, he can't be the first person that's done that,
0: right? Uh, that's what I was just getting ready to say. Like, I don't know if it's just that his case went viral, but I I mean, I can't imagine that this is the only place in the entire world that has taken this stance, like. Um, it, it has to be happening in other places. I mean, if you look around the world, some of the most top, like, humongous clubs, you know, they have the four or six CDJ setups with the, you know, Nexus, you know, yeah. mixers and everything all set up. There is no room to put a laptop or a controller and stuff. So, I don't know that uh, anybody else isn't already taking
1: this stance. Well, yeah, that's the kind of the thing, like. Uh you know, disclaimer, this particular episode is going to be chock full of opinions. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, which It's just like that aside, I feel like this guy in this venue can do whatever they want. Agreed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like why? Who cares? It doesn't mean anything on a worldwide scale about DJing that this one dude in LA or wherever has this rule for his DJ booth. Right. If he wants to, Build his show and his night around a particular uh, you know set of rules and a particular operating procedure. It's his prerogative,
2: right? Uh, so I, I could from definitely that definitely I'm like, who cares? I could definitely see it as is a, a you know more of a, a resident side of you. You know, yeah. Like if he has a resident DJ, then then sure, use what we've got, keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We have pro gear. So I mean, that's what it, it was. You know, industry standard in in any top forty club, and you know back then two techniques and you know a gemini mixer that had two three four channels on it nothing nothing major whatever but that's all we had to play on back then now it's i guess industry standard is the cdjs and the pioneer nexus 900 Mm -hmm. um
1: but this this kind of gets back to our uh Controllers, are controllers, uh, the big room, amateur, uh, two yeah, amateur yeah. for the big mm-hmm. room, right, right. Uh, kind of gets back to that discussion where we were talking about. It's it's not uncommon now for headliner names to have their own setups mm-hmm. uh, that use the functionality of Tractor or whatever Ableton, whatever it is that they're using to put on there to add live elements to their show, um, and. You know, once you get to that point where they're reading the writer, then you can kind of make those demands. Mm-hmm. So you know, it just it gets back into this gray area of uh, do do we push this industry standard thing or not? Like, where does it even fit in? Now, obviously, it fits in with residents. Well, well but- and
0: and, and it also, like, it, I want to pull one of the things that he says here. Where he says, unless you're using it to control vinyl to do a turntablest type of set, a la jazzy Jeff,
1: or if you're that doing a, there's plenty of room. So it's right. not a technical problem. Right. And, and,
0: and or if you're doing a live thing where you're actually programming shit on the fly. So to me, it, it's not so much an issue like what we you know read from the other article where it was, you know, it just looks ugly. It's not practical. It, there's not enough room. He's got beef with the gear itself, or, yeah. or 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 the perception that all of these things. He 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 says flat out, you know, you don't come to work with training wheels. So he's he's got an issue with that. Like he's got
2: he's got an emotional response there, right? Like yeah, a, yeah it a, sounds like a DJ's perspective. A, a DJ's perspective, you know right, what I mean? Right. Like he sounds like he's old school, and he I, I get it. Yeah,
0: like it, I'm I'm sure he's not, you know totally you know rejecting of new technology or whatever i mean it's obviously there and i mean if he's talking cdjs and all that stuff i mean there you know there was a time where even that was like too new and all you know whatever but so to to me here it just sounds like he's got um you know kind of a a beef with the the newer stuff Yeah, more so than you know i don't want to You know, make the room for this crap in my club.
1: (laughs) I think he he probably feels like he's that's a layer of quality control. You know, like if you get somebody who's put in their time, or however you want to put it, um, knows how to manually beat match, or knows how to use industry standard gear, or whatever his uh, standards are, uh, that he's going to get a better caliber of DJ. There, there may be some level of truth to that. There may not, but. It, on the one hand, I'm kind of like if this if this one person at this one club wants to do this, then he's going to run into some issues like maybe he's going to miss out on some acts that would insist on that. But at the same time, I I, I doubt he's this person is going to book a headliner and not fulfill the writer. Right. Right. So, it it would be kind of hard to prove one way or another how helpful his <laughs> rules are. Uh, right.
0: Well, and, and it, it's. It,
1: I, I guess my my stance on this is probably not what people would expect. I'm just I'm kind of like so what, like yeah. I mean, he can do that if he wants. He, right. I mean, he might limit himself. He might gain something from that. That's his prerogative. Like right. it doesn't change anything.
0: Well, it, what it did do is it it, it got a conversation going. Mm. I mean, you, Tony just brought up Richie Houghton, so looks like Richie and Seth Troxler got into a little bit of a oh, okay. a, a Twitter. Uh, exchange over it. Okay. So, Where,
1: do we, what's our source here? Just Twitter?
0: Uh, no, billboard.com.
1: Billboard. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of all places. It really did spark a conversation.
0: <laughs> right. uh, so Richie says, "Most ridiculous rule ever: stifling creativity by limiting an artist's own personal approach is a step backwards." Seth uh, shouts out to Richie and says, "I have to say, I like it, Rich. Too many kids out there who actually don't know how to beat match." Uh, then he goes on and says, The hard part is beat matching. Even a lot of guys in our class, if the sync is on, you're an entertainer, not a DJ. So that mm, kind of goes groan, back. Grown, <laughs> <laughs> groan. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you
2: know,
0: that's a call back to our, you know, is beat matching still relevant episode? Like, you know, uh, apparently to Seth Troxler, that that is a, a you know, a, a one of your. One of your uh, I thought Seth prerequisites.
1: Made of, I thought Seth made a lot of great points. So just up, up till that last <laughs> phrase, I'm just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So before we dive too far into that, call to action this week is uh, tweet to at DJ with passion and tell us if you are a Seth or a Richie on this one. <laughs> right. And <laughs> like it. So Richie's saying that stifles creativity. Uh, you're, you know, why limit the abilities of the artist uh, just because you're on some high horse or whatever, I'm, I don't want to put words in his mouth. But, right. Um, and Seth is saying basically what the club owner is saying, like, yeah, this is a great idea. This is a quality control thing. This is uh, you, you know, don't use your training wheels. You got to learn how to walk before you can run. However, you want to phrase that. Yep. So yeah, whichever side you're
2: on. What do you
1: guys think? Do you guys lean either way on this?
2: I um, you know, I use a laptop, but it plugs right into the back of the CDJs, and my sound card is right of the Nexus 900. So if he's saying that, that he's cool with somebody coming in being a turntable DJ with Serato, that's...
1: And you're using that's, tractor in uh, HID mode. You're right. basically ma- using the whole thing. All I'm standard. adding is
2: three cables you're to the back. The- I'm not adding any more gear, you know, so right. it's, it's compatible with all. So why can't I use a laptop... Well, I think I think this is important, too. Like you're when you do that, you're essentially using
1: the Nexus setup as a controller. Mm-hmm. Right. You're using tractor and HID mode. That's what that is. Right. right. So would do you have a problem with that? That's that's you know, it's like where it gets so gray that it's like that's what I have a problem with is drawing hard lines like that guy is.
2: Yeah. Uh, and I, I use that. It's specifically, not always hard I use that specifically because I was not that I'm against the sync button. But when I was running all four decks on the X1s, you know, obviously when you have four loops going, you're, you know, it, it is synced, whatever. But I got tired of not not playing the physical way that I was brought up on, yeah. you know, like the whole physicality part of, of the, the pitch control and the platters and all that stuff. You know, I missed that. So that's why I got into HID mode. Now that it's actually completely compatible with the whole Nexus setup, you know, that's why I bought the Nexus setup. Yeah. Was specifically for that reason, you know? And it was just it it was all great timing and there's there's no I don't have to come out of the audio eight anymore with the RCAs, you know, it's it's all right there. So I'm adding three cables. You know, I also use an X one, but what the hell's an X one? You know right. what I mean? Like I can, I can put it's it like on four my, inches across, right? I can everything. put it on my shoulder, and, and <laughs> you know, if there's no room in the booth, right? You know, but yep. yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, of and it. then
1: where do things like the like dicers come in? Like those are controllers? Are you, are you not allowed to use those? Well, you can use them if you're using them in a turntable set. Like, just what? How nitpicky do you want to get? I think
2: right. he's like really just referring to. Like all in one, the DJs that really don't live up to his skill standard—that's where I think this guy is coming from.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't disagree with that at all. Like, I, I think what what happens for a lot of people, especially, uh, it, or what I think happens for a lot of DJs, especially those of us over—I don't know—I'm going to pull an arbitrary number out and say. 30, mid thirties, you know, I'd say, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we've been, especially if you've been doing it for a long time, you just, were you trying to figure
1: out how old I was? <laughs>
0: no, I was Sorry, trying to, <laughs> I was trying to not age myself,
2: <laughs> <I gotcha. laughs> but you know, 25 was, is not that bad. <laughs> right.
0: <That's all> right. <laughs> um, what I think happens is that, you know, when you've been doing something for a long time, a certain way, and you 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 develop a certain mindset and perception that this is the way I, I learned, this is you know how I feel about this skill set. So everything else you know, becomes a gray area. It becomes a very weird area. It becomes a very intimidating. It becomes area. scary. Yeah, yeah, let's just come out and say it.
1: Right. I mean, it or it, at the very least uncomfortable.
0: Right, and you know, so what? What happens? I mean, I, and I can say that from experience. I mean, you know, I I was a you know turntable. I mean, I, I I went to Serato, but I was still only a, a turntables and DJM six hundred guy for a long time, and you know, so. At the end of the day, this is this guy's club. So regardless of what his perception of DJing is and regardless of how he feels about all of these other things, this is one club in a pocket of L.A., Mm -hmm. you know, called Glendale, you know, like it's it's. Like it's not the mid, <laughs> you know? like, and, and I'm not and I'm not I'm not dissing this guy's of course, club right, right. at all. I mean I've never been there, but you know I used to go to Glendale. Uh, I, mean, we, I used we to travel all,
1: there all the time. I say we all operate at much smaller venues. Than Absolutely, that
0: I'm sure. like you know. So I mean I'm not trying to say any anything bad about this guy's club. I'm just saying that you know. It's his club, and he has the right to run it any way he wants. So if he wants to set up the Nexus setup and say, "If you can't play on this, then you can't play in my club," you know that's. I fully support
1: that. I think, like the more we talk about this, and
0: I don't, I gotta. To me, it's kind of like when I first got into DJing. You know, I I started off with house music, but then like I, I found trance very shortly after I started. You know, it went from like house. I very first started with, like, Booty House and House, and then, like, I found Progressive House, and then Progressive House kind of went to trance. So as I'm in this, like, Progressive House and trance mode, then I was trying to get bookings. You know, I was young. I was hungry. I wanted to get out there and play a lot, and there were, like, I don't know, a handful of promoters, and they – absolutely hands down said, no, you will never play one of my parties. Now, I'm not going to out any of them, but because you play trance because I played trance and these were promoters that were very well known for, you know, techno and, and, you know, mm-hmm. especially techno, uh, two of them anyway, techno house, yeah. drum and bass. Yeah, I mean, and, and these guys were like really hardcore, like, you know, into preserving, you know, the more underground element of it. And trance at that time was similar to dubstep. It, it was, us. it was
2: cheesy. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Because I, I feel you. Cause drew and I took that same path. We right. were, we, we played trance. Right. You know?
0: And you know, so as, as upset as that made me, because these guys were throwing big parties, you right. know, and everybody wanted to play their parties and they kept telling me no and kept telling me no. And one of them finally said, fine, you can open one of my parties if you can play trance on three turntables. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. All right, fine. You know, but it if it's your company, it's your prerogative. You can do whatever You're you want. You're building a brand. Right. And, yeah. it, and and so I think it's a little dangerous that he's out there and he's saying You know, these are real DJs that I'm putting up. Right.
1: This is how it should be for everyone. That's a different.
0: That's a so I I don't agree with that message. Right. But I do I do agree with his ability to do whatever the hell he wants. Right.
1: Like I think that what's it called? Cure for a cause. Yes. You know. So cure for a cause had like I have the Nexus set up and you can play on this and that's basically it. And then maybe you go down the road and there's a place called wax grooves and you can they have two techs and a DJM 600 and that's all they pull you know, if you can't play on this that's it right and then you go down to the next place and it's called come as you are and you can bring whatever you want and play there and like those places should all be able to exist right so who cares right from that perspective but i completely agree with what you're saying it's the he's trying to push that on yeah now that it's become this huge conversation it's kind of like okay, it's it's not that this is how it should be, or now you're imposing your uh, World beliefs, view, your yeah. worldview on me, right? <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, that's where I guess I draw the line too. Yeah, I, you know, at the same time, I get what Richie's saying, but I mean, I, I don't think that. A, if Richie was like, I really want to play at Cure for the Cause, I don't think he's going to be like, sorry, you can only play on my Nexus set <laughs> But maybe he would. I don't know the guy. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you know, Richie's also not going to have trouble finding a venue and, in LA.
2: <laughs> and this guy play. probably, so, probably yeah. should research everybody that he is going to book at his place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So
1: you had a an article from DJ Tech Tools that was talking a little bit about... Um, DJs moving back to hardware. Do we want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, it looks like that one came out around uh, the Memorial Day weekend. And the title is, Are uh, DJ Switching Back to Hardware? And uh, again, I won't read the whole article, but uh, the opening is enough to uh, get us going. So for years, there was really no other option. DJs played on hardware exclusively. Turntables dominated the scene and a few DJs brave CD players. In the early 2000s, computer and music technology combined forces which resulted in a DJ software revolution that, in many ways, DJ tech tools helped to grow. During this revolution, DJs around the world were switching from vinyl to the laptop, which promised a new platform of creative control. Lately, though, that trend seems to have reversed. Are DJs moving back towards the hardware like CDJs, turntables, and standalone laptop-free solutions, or is it just another phase? So uh i think that's interesting because this article and then this like one club owner you know they're they're kind of in the same vein there uh whereas the article is more talking about like are we looking at a trend or a fad
1: yeah
0: are we looking at shifts in consumer behavior versus a club owner that's saying this is my idea of what a DJ is, and this is what I want to present to my, you know, patrons every week. Then, okay, fine. So there are similarities there, but there's a difference
1: and in this, this conversation. Sounds more like uh, getting away from software, right? So like I've been not saying, saying CDJs only; they're saying
0: standalone, right? Whatever. So I think I mentioned it before. Where what I would love to see is something similar to the SZ uh and Pioneer and Serato or no sorry it was just Pioneer. Uh, Pioneer just came out with um the XDJ RX. Right. So that is for all intent and purposes a DDJ SX or you know an RX, but it's a standalone version and you can use your laptop. So It's got a single screen on it. It's about the size of an SX. And I love that thing. Mm -hmm. What I don't like is the size. You know, just me, you know, after 20 years of DJing or, you know, close to that, um, I just, I feel better when I have a piece of gear with some oomph, you know, or some, yeah. you know, width and girth some to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think that was one of the things that turned a lot of older DJs off when the controllers were first starting to hit because they yeah. felt like
1: toys. Plasticky was right. something you always heard and exactly. felt like a toy, yep. Fisher-Price thing. Exactly. I mean, I had a
2: Fisher-Price turntable, and I also had a Technique 1200.
1: <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> But so
0: I've been saying for a while that like if if Pioneer came out with like the RZ version of the XDJRX, RX, you know, give me something that's thirty percent bigger, put a screen on each side so that I can I know, <clears throat> or so that each side is independently you know controlled, you know the so that
1: it is a Nexus setup,
0: right? And fully. and then give me the the DVS option too you know, so that I can still plug in my turntables if I want to use them,
1: you know, that, mm-hmm. that
0: sort of thing, then I would sell my SZ in a heartbeat and I would be picking that sucker up.
1: My like magical pie in the sky, la la land <laughs> version would be what you just described, but is also both Serato and, and tractor enabled. <laughs> yeah. <yep. laughs> well, <laughs> because it, it fixes every problem I can think of. <laughs>
0: well, it, uh, yeah. So like, give me Serato, give me tractor, give me uh record box,
1: and, and make it MIDI as well, so a, that you can exactly. use whatever you want. Exactly. Like,
0: but I feel like these companies will never, especially Pioneer, will never do it because if they did it, then it solves every problem for two thousand right. dollars, and then you know, so why would I go out and buy you know a six thousand eight thousand dollar Nexus setup? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it, it just. But that's me. I I've I would buy that in a heartbeat. Mostly because of what you just said. It solves every problem. Like, me as a DJ, I don't care. You know, if you book me and you tell me I got to play on CDJ 2000s, okay. If I got to play on CDJ 900s, okay.
1: If I got to play on turntables,
0: okay. You know, like, whatever I have to play on, I'll figure it out. Sure.
1: And you know i've played on even going the other direction i've played on people's weird ass controllers like whatever <laughs> right, like, right what i've got is this vestax blah 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 uh, all right i'll figure <laughs> it out or yeah. like uh two years ago in detroit i was working with uh amns in the american music and sound in the technology room and played a whole set on a terminal mix eight i'd never even touched, touched one before right. you know so yeah. it's like yeah it's you, you figure it out <laughs> right right
0: and i just you know I I so I see what they're saying here because because they're the 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 to me that the the controller game just got way too big yeah. and now it's it's such a a vast and confusing market that unless you're going with a flagship model of something well then you're just getting lost in you know a sea of specs and it just yeah it, it it's daunting whereas now you've got you know this argument or not argument but this conversation that you know that all of the bigger guys are having about well yeah let's get back let's just go back to industry standard stuff and by the way pioneer already makes it you know so yeah. it's got this it's got everybody you know either choosing camps or somewhere in the gray area and i i don't know i
1: yeah it's, I, it's I an would, interesting shift i would love it if we had some kind of industry standard like the pioneer rig but it was very open and and hippie like that you know what i mean to where it's like more of an open source type of thing where it's like hey here's here's the gear here's the layout maybe we can iterate that every five or ten years right but make whatever software you want the the sound interface on this is standardized and wide open so that I mean, because then you have the creativity going into the software development, right, rather right. than doing this weird hardware chase thing right, that right. we've found ourselves in now. Yep,
0: yep. But
1: um, you know, side good luck note. with that.
0: Yeah. Side note: As far as industry standard equipment is concerned, what do you guys think of the new Pioneer CDJ? Uh, uh, what is it? The the touring oh, gear. The t- <laughs> It's great. Have you not it, seen it, Tony?
2: If you like, I've seen, loads I've of seen screams. the memes of it, like the, the barbecue guys or whatever, <laughs> what um,
0: they're playing solitaire. <laughs>
2: <Like>. <laughs> but I haven't. I, I, I didn't read into the article at all. I, yeah. I didn't look into it. Um, yeah. What is it? Yeah, they have the,
1: the big old screens it, on them. And- it's, it's, it's essentially the Nexus setup,
0: but they put these god awful, humongous touchscreen. Uh, Touchscreens on the CDJs, so everything like it flips up. It kind of look makes it look like a battleship. Okay, All right. <laughs> if any of you listeners remember the old uh, the old game. plastic game battleship, <laughs> <And it's, laughs> it, you know, it's got this big thing. It just opens up, and it, and I mean, I haven't played with it. It might be cool, but like it just seems like a bit much because when the pictures that they that they put out, what's
2: the were purpose like four of the touchscreen
0: the uh, easier I, library uh, navigation, yeah. I think, is one of the like,
1: points I've, they made. I, I don't really care much because it it seems like it's a luxury rather than something that's like a new requirement. If you, right.
2: I, I mean, if, if you sit and watch um, some of the guys that play your Cascade, Hardwell, just all those guys that play on you know the standard Nexus setup, I mean... They're they're pretty quick with it. You know right. what I mean? Those guys can roll those dials, look through their songs, boom. they 'cause they're they're playing about a minute and a half, two minutes, and then, you know, they're in and on to the next, but they have to find that next song pretty fast and I can only imagine, you know, how many gigs of music those guys have on their stick. Sure. You know. Um again, maybe they know what their next song is gonna be because it's a, you know, it's 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 how they do things, but still, like watching them scroll and find stuff, and you know with the touch screen. Right. Uh, I mean, how much easier do you need it to be?
0: Well, and especially for the guys that tour a lot, like unless they buy that for themselves and then mm-hmm. practice on that that setup for themselves, like. How many of them are actually going to do that? How many of them that's are actually home long enough to do that and, and get used to
1: that setup? Yeah. You know? Whereas, and that's what I question, like who's gonna bother investing in that? Right. Like, right. A couple of people. It's more
2: of just, okay. hey, right. look how cool I am.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's but, a blatant cash grab. It's, right, it's completely right. unnecessary. But I mean, whatever. Yeah. Pay for luxury if you want. I don't care.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. But it, <laughs> I just I, I, the memes were, were killing me. I mean, <laughs> they were doing everything from playing sol the solitaire ones. That was uh, I love that yeah. That's good stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're on the de- if you're on just the basic Nexus setup, I, I don't even I don't see a purpose in it. But that's that's me. Right. Right. Yeah like but, is that
1: really better than just one laptop with a screen
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right so
0: i mean it's but to pull it back i mean so what do you guys think i mean cuz for me like i i originally got into digital djing as far and when i when i say that i mean switching to serato to dvs yeah to dvs was strictly to get rid of an 80 pound record bag that I dragged to every gig. Right. Like, I, I saw the value instantly in just that, oh, I can just
1: bring my laptop and save my back and shoulders. Yeah. Um, That's huge for me, by the way, because my back and neck and shoulders are all screwed up. Yeah. And they have been since <laughs> I've been a teenager. So, <laughs> see, and it, for me, it's just I'm lazy. <laughs> so,
0: like, the less I have to carry, the better. Like, um, but, um, so I, I, I don't know. I, like, do I want to shed my laptop? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I could go either way there. Like, like I said, I mean, when I get booked now, I don't take anything. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I do, but I, I go into it with a conversation with the promoter, like, well, what gear do you provide or can you provide? And once they give me, you know, a quick rundown, well, okay. I know I either need to bring a Serato box or a thumb drive or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. I need to do. But I mean, that's about the extent of it. Like I don't, um, I don't really sweat it too much. Yeah. So for me, if I don't have to bring my laptop and I can get away with, you know, just taking a, a thumb drive, well, that's, that's pretty cool, you know, but you know, I don't, I don't take a controller. I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. So as far as this conversation is to, you know, are we moving away from the laptop and back toward, you know, hardware, then, you know, to me, it's okay. You know, I would just follow whatever. I, I don't know. I, I would try to be more liquid in, in, in that whole thing, just because I learned that lesson the hard way that, you know by being a turntable and mixer guy only for so yeah. long it was you know it, it was it was detrimental to me so now i just i try to be as flexible as i can if i want to keep playing shows
1: so yeah absolutely Yeah, you know, to me it makes a lot of sense i i kind of i never really thought about it this way but if you think back maybe maybe 10 years man that might even be a little much if you think about like when the I guess when the standard was CDJ one thousands and mm-hmm. a DJM right mixer, right, um, and then you had like what was the the DVJ one thousand. So we're talking that era. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had Pioneer. They had uh, like a modular version of the CDJ one thousands and DJM mixer. It was like an installation mixer, like the. Mm. CMX 3000 or something, I don't remember, but it was basically an, it was like an all-in-one version um, that was rack mountable, Uh-oh, one okay. of those kind of deals Right. So, to me, like that makes a lot of sense, like to have as a standard now, if we had something like the, the, the SZ but it maybe supported more of the fancy features of, of like Tractor, like Remix Decks and, and Stems and that kind of stuff. It was sure. an all in one unit, required no laptop. You just jam your USB stick in there and go. Um, and to have like the something like the XDJs and the DJM Mixer, like have those just be the modular versions of that device so that you could buy them as components so if you want four of them you know four cdj or xdjs or whatever Mm -hmm. so you can expand on it i think it should be purely modular like that and then just have an all-in-one that's just literally exactly all-in-one of those nexus devices you know like it just sure if that's another pie in the sky like it supports serato and (laughs) tractor does the whole thing like to me that would be a beautiful industry standard is to have something like that where it works with everything in right. that way and you can right. buy the components but th- then the market makes a lot more sense to me yeah as yeah. far yeah. as like what do I buy right you no know, but I don't think we'll ever see that level of standardization everybody's always going to be fighting for their piece of the market yeah and and showing off whatever makes them
0: unique and sets them apart from everything else and,
1: yeah. yeah which sucks because it just I mean it, it causes a lot of Problems in the in the industry or whatever in the scene, right?
2: I think all three of us have went down the road of of um, controllers or even further, final scratch to controllers to Serato to control. I mean, we went down every path because we know DJing, you know, as DJing is and should be, but. One thing I will say
0: is that by going back to hardware and, and or at least, you know, as this article is talking about, you know, putting the laptop away and and and, and moving things back to, you know, a hardware uh, setup, is that I've heard it so many times from so many people over the years since laptop became, autonomous in in the DJ booth, but, uh, people have said that they would much rather not have that laptop up in front of the mm-hmm. DJ or in the booth because the DJ's face is always in the laptop. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people out there that completely lack any crowd interaction because they hide behind the laptop screen. I like screen. mine
2: to the side. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. My I S8's
1: great for that.
2: Yeah. Yep. And, you
0: know, so a lot of people, I think, would embrace that just to get back to that, I want to connect with the DJ, or at least I want to see their face, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So that would, I, I could I've totally see that. i always hated the dead center yeah.
1: laptop yep.
2: thing.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, a Break lot of the stands were built to be yeah. dead, dead center, dead the, center. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, yeah. the Stantons, <laughs> like <laughs> right. two feet tall. Right.
0: <laughs> Actually, I think I've got one in my <laughs> or in my uh, DJ bag right now. <laughs> I never use it, but yeah, it's there in case I ever need it. But yeah, um, so I, I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how how that kind of you know, unfolds over the next couple of years. I don't I don't think it's gonna be anything that we see in the short term because there's too many controllers out there, too many people have them, but Pioneer is really pushing to say, look, for twenty years we've been industry standard.
2: That's what I was just getting ready to say. Like we we get it. Pioneer is industry standard. We're the juggernaut. Right. You know, like that's it, it that's where it is and that's where they want it to be. Right. And
1: yep. a, a
0: call back to our earlier episodes, I'm not advocating either way that, you know, everybody should drop what they have and go run out and buy Pioneer gear. But, you know, as we said uh, an, an episode or two ago, like it's a good thing to know. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a good sure. thing to at least be familiar with it, because, you know, if you show up and and you know even if you bring your own turntables and you're plugging into a a djm mixer that you've never laid your hands on or seen and you have to ask somebody how to turn up the headphone volume like that that's not exactly a good thing you know what i'm saying
2: right right yeah that's definitely um that's definitely an inexperienced dj can can
1: we talk about in an in, inexperienced DJ moment, because I without naming any names, I know this was a recent thing that happened at a show.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, so a um, guy came up, had his had his turntables, you know, plugged his turntables in. um he was getting ready to go on and he had to ask me, you know where's the headphone volume, the q you know, q one, two, three, four, on the channels for your headphones. He didn't know how to turn those on each channel for his headphones. He, he didn't know how to do any of that. Um, and I... Rough start. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, I, I showed him how to do it and and assigned uh, his crossfader for him. So, you know, channel four was B, channel two was A, you know. Um, and it's industry standard. I really, really feel that, you know, if you come into a booth and... Whether it be a Nexus 900, which is industry standard, or any mixer, I mean, as far back as I can remember... I mean, well, especially Pioneer foreign, gear. Yeah, like, I
0: mean, Pioneer gear, if you've been DJing for any more than I'd say a year or two, like you've you been exposed. Yeah, you've been exposed to some level of Pioneer gear, and while yes, they've added a lot of features, the layout has not
1: changed. Has not changed. Yeah. Right. No. If 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 not a Pioneer, it's like a Behringer
2: that mimics the Pioneer right, or something. Right. So. And yeah.
0: a lot of other mixers have some variant of that layout. and
2: 90% of well, I mean, is is as I can remember, the battle mixers, their headphone jacks and curves are normally on the face of the, mi- or you know, on the front. Right, right. You know, so it's it's when somebody comes to the booth and 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 you know asks something like that, you know, kind I can let it slide flag. a little bit. Yeah, probably can not a big deal on its own. Yeah, you know, it's not. It's I'm, I'm not. I'm not teaching you algebra in ten <laughs> seconds. You know, I'm, I'm showing you a couple things, and you get it. Cool, go with it. But I really feel like right. you should know those things coming yep. in. You know, agreed. And so, uh,
1: so that's the initial problem. And then I think you had. Uh, so I missed this particular show, but I think there was like mm-hmm. a sound issue, or it was only yeah, coming on his, one side. Um,
2: or- uh, dating back to our last episode. You know, we talked about uh, the turntables. His head shells were not getting a really really good connection, um, you know. So you look at his he you look at his master EQ, right side was was good, left side was on one green. You know, mm. so you know right away yet. at the source that there's an issue. Absolutely, right? absolutely. So I had him get out of that side and you know mix into another song so I could fix his head shell. I did that for him, and that was his issue. And his left turntable was doing the same thing, you know, and. So he ran into some tech issues. Yeah, ab- yeah absolutely. And it, it was, I, I, f- I felt this guy coming in, you know, here's this guy bringing a Crater record. It's like, fuck yeah, you know, this guy's playing actual vinyl. He's playing on 1200. It's cool, you know, amazing. You don't get that that often anymore. And there was a lot of tech issues, you know, and things yeah. that I, I felt that as a DJ coming in like that you should know right right you know sure. headphone volume where your cue is you know how to assign your crossfader it's i mean that's and in, in my opinion that's djing 101 right, knowing right. those little things like that
0: well and see like in, in context of what we were what we're talking about as far as like hardware and software and all of that stuff like for me like I had a similar experience, like uh, a few years ago, and I went to go uh, play a show. And ahead of time, it was understood I was going to play on two twelve hundreds and a six hundred. And I was bringing my laptop and my Serato box, and you know everything was going to be hunky dory. I get there, and the DJ before me is also playing on those two twelve hundreds and six hundred, and he's playing all vinyl. And of course there's, you know, a problem with the, with the equipment. Like he had, he had issues the whole time. Like the, just, you know, they could not figure out what the technical difficulty was. Like, you know, people were trying to lick the needles and, you know, and, and and checking all the wiring and all that stuff. And so then the promoter says, sorry, dude, you're going to have to play on these CDJs over here. And I'm like, uh, I don't do that. <laughs> like, this is a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and, and it was a good experience. It was something that I needed to experience. Um, but similarly to the, the guy that Tony's talking about, I went to the promoter and I, you know, and I said, Hey, and, and luckily the the promoter is also a DJ. So, you know, I go to him and I'm like, okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> I've never, ever, ever touched a set of, T, of CDJ 2000s or a Nexus mixer. And he was all like, Oh, it's, he was like, trust me you're going to be fine it's no big deal we'll get you set up in HID mode and you know you'll 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 be on your way he was like trust me couple of transitions in and you'll be you'll be right at home and i'm like i, I, don't, I don't i don't know man <laughs> it's easy for you to say <laughs> right yeah. so um so you know he and and i felt like an idiot you know i I felt like a noob you know or whatever and you know but sure as i'll get out man he took me up there and he was all like okay so you know this is how it's basically laid out and if you touch the top of the platter you know it stops and then if you want to pitch bend it's this other wheel and you know i mean he just kind of you know showed me around and he said the big thing is if you don't already have your cue point set up you know for your first you know for the beginning of the track he was like (laughs) yeah yeah he said all i the only the advice that he gave me was you know set it for each track as you load it, if it's not already there. Mm-hmm. He was like Out- outside of yeah, that, like it should load. be
2: fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, full disclosure, I was having probably a panic attack or something close <laughs> to it at that point, you oh. know, and I'm like, you can't feed me enough beer at this point. I mean, <laughs> it's hard enough
2: to walk onto a stage and see all those people looking right. at
0: you. Yeah. There was easily a couple hundred, uh, a couple or a few hundred people at this show. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, it was, it was very intimidating more so than probably most gigs that I had played in a few years, you know, prior to that. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was, it was a good experience because just as he said, two or three transitions in now am i a a pro at this do i know what everything does on all of this equipment no
1: but but you can get the job done (laughs) i got the
0: job done yeah there you know a couple of uh, i think i was like three maybe four transitions in and that's where i really got my confidence boosted and then okay you know and then i start you know dancing around (laughs) you know doing my
1: thing that right there that story like when i so that article we always reference about beat matching—that ten reasons why you should still know how to beat match by ear. Yeah, yeah, it goes viral a couple times a year. Yeah, so it's it's this big polarizing thing, and it's like that that right there is it was my whole point with that article. Not mm-hmm. that you have to learn how to beat match or you're not a real DJ or what you know, whatever. Everybody wants to put my that article into some box. Right. But what you're talking about is exactly my point because you knew the basics and the fundamentals of what DJing is. You approached a brand, you know, a, a whole setup that was brand new to you yeah. and were able to figure it out because yep. you, you might not have known how to use a Nexus setup at the time, but you knew how to DJ. Yes. Right. And yep. so like, that was my only point. It's valuable to know that. And that's, I mean, proof right there that, you know, it, and that in that uh, perspective i think some standardization is a good thing because sure. you know at least no matter what controller or setup you're using you kind of generally understand i mean there's some exceptions like the s8's a little weird right um, right you know the novation twitch is a little weird but that aside you generally understand what everything is meant to do exactly and how to get it there
0: yeah and 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 i and i'm I'm super thankful for that experience because had it not been for that, I'd still be, you know, having that discussion with promoters. Hey, I need a set of turntables. I need this. I right. need that. Now and it, now, doesn't, matter. Now it we, doesn't matter. And when I went and you know, when I was looking to jump out of my comfort zone, then... I knew what I was going to go look for, and as I started, you know, we've discussed all of this before, I, I started pricing out a Nexus setup, and then I was like, okay, so what's cheaper than that? <laughs> <laughs> and when I started looking into the controllers, that that really is what drew me to the SZ. Yeah, it's a couple of thousand dollars, and that's, that's a lot of scratch to drop on a controller, but, you know, it, it stays in my studio. It, keeps it's mine. you in the know. Exactly, like, and and everything translates. you know, pretty well. Is it? Is it a full-on Nexus setup? No, but it everything translates very well to just about anything. The first time I came in here
2: and saw your mixer, I thought it was a Nexus. Really? Yeah. At a glance, it It, just looks like the. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know, so it's pretty slick, man. I I mean, we've also been through the evolution of. Turntable to digital, you know, and the way that the industry went with it, even with the the front load Denon, you know, it was Denon fifteen hundred or whatever. Mm -hmm. It had it had cue, play, pause. Yeah, you know, just the little tiny jog wheels, and it's it all translates. You understand what Uh, that stuff's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's
1: probably important to to mention, kind of bringing it back to, you know, we're kind of in the realm of um, inexperience right, right now. Right. Um, I don't think the problem is lack of experience, because we, we all started somewhere, we all have to start somewhere. Agreed. So it, it's, I mean, it's not just that, but I mean, other than the point that, you know, you were kind of making, it does make sense to understand how the basics work. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're going to DJ, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you should know how to get one song into another song in right. you know
0: i mean kenny to, g can probably pick up an alto saxophone just as quickly as a soprano saxophone <laughs> right.
1: and like, he can make that work uh, yeah <laughs> i don't draw as hard of a line as some people do on that but i at a very fundamental level yeah you should know something about what you're doing when right. you get up there yeah all right well that's probably going to about wrap it up um i think just kind of bringing it back to our original topic you know my stance on this with the whole uh the standard gear only in the booth thing. I just I think it's this guy's prerogative. I don't see why it's become such a big, you know, huge discussion. Um, I, I, because I don't think the discussion's new, right? You know what I mean? Um, but you know, I think that people should be able to set whatever standards they want for their clubs, and if people want various reasons to make theirs stand out or to set some certain standard for their own venue, yeah. You know, what's what's the big freaking deal?
0: Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I I totally jump on board with that, and I. Uh, you know, I'm all for having something out there that can be considered industry standard. Because if if you've if you've got a, a leader, you know, a leader and an innovator that everybody can flock to and kind of standardize how everybody at least approaches the same type of gear, then you're still going to have your outliers. You're still going to have other innovators that. Uh, will do things differently and, and provide those, uh, options for people who want to buck the trend or or, the rules. Right. Right. But you know, is it a good thing? I mean, yeah, I think, you know, we, we've, we've been in this long enough that we've seen what an industry standard setup is for a long time. And most gear that's out there is some variant of that, you know, so, you know there's been a couple of you know like uh, the the s8 is definitely mm-hmm. you know something that has broken free from that and the x1s and and all of that you know tractor native instruments those guys have really you know tried to kind of deviate from yeah all of that and and i think that's great you know it, it provides another high quality option for people who want to do something different but you know especially for you know, like we talked about before, you know, all of the people that are out there touring all the time, you know, it's probably nice for them to just know that when they get where they're going, they just plug in and go. Mm. So I I think there's, there's arguments for and against all of that, but you know, at at the end of the day, yeah, it's this guy's club and you know, it is what it is. And as far as, you know, where hardware and software are going, it's trends, you know, you know, you, you just go with the flow or you don't. So
1: You're here. Yes, he is. All right. Thanks, folks. Don't forget to tweet at us. Let us know. Do you agree with Richie or Seth on the uh, issue of uh, standard gear only in the booth? Or are you kind of more along our lines where, like, meh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested to know what you guys think. Even better yet, tweet it at DJ with Passion or send it as a voicemail. Just go to passionatedj.com and let us actually hear your thoughts. We'd love to feature it here on the show. Take care, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast
0: at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash DJ or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning.
1: That's not funny is calling me. I... <laughs> I learned, I'm getting a call from That's Not Funny
2: in Dayton, Ohio, and here I sit laughing about. It. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. It is funny,
1: but I, four four.